This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'm going to do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense going to turn up, but the defense going to win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. Welcome into another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Joining me is my new co-host, Israel Troop. Israel, how you doing, man? What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. And uh, we want to welcome a very special guest here uh, from the J-Boy Show, Jake Crane. Jake, what's up, man? Hey, man. Excited to be here. Appreciate y'all having me on. Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna talk some football. We're gonna uh, we're gonna preview this week uh, Georgia Auburn uh, he, uh, game of the week. Really, uh, we're, yeah. we'll, we'll look at that. We'll also look at some of the other games from around the conference. We'll make our picks, and uh, we'll try to see if I can do. Well, I will try to see if I can do better uh, this week than I did uh, a week ago. Um, and and uh, I, I hope that uh, you weren't listening to me uh, last week when I made my picks. So I hope to I hope to break that. But our show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Jake, we talked about this before we started recording. The over under is forty four and a half. Are you buying that? Man, it sounds about right to me. Uh, the way I'm looking at this game. I think points are going to be at a premium, especially if you look at kind of the way the offense is played in week one. Uh, now, could somebody steal seven points on special teams? I would take the over, just in my opinion. I don't think it's going to be by much, but I would take the over. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over, too. I think it's, I think it's a really low number. Uh, so I, I would definitely take the over. I'm going to stay away from the spread on that one. I'm going to take the over uh, for sure. Yeah. Israel, uh, South Carolina, uh, we talked about them uh, Wednesday. They go against Florida. Their spread, they're getting 17.5. Are we taking the points there or what? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I think I, I think I might take the points on that one with uh, with what I see that they did against uh, Tennessee last week, uh, South Carolina, and what I saw Florida do to Ole Miss last week. I think I'm going to take the points on that one. All right. Well, you know what? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a, uh, a few minutes to think about that when we come back to it, and when we when we do our pick segment, <laughs> we will we'll revisit it. Maybe uh, I don't know if you want to uh, stick with that or not, uh, but we'll take a look at that. So, um, yeah, 
like I said, I'm trying. I'm still trying to get the hang of this betting thing. So um, I, I'm definitely messing with over and unders right now because I'm. I feel better about choosing those than I do about point spreads. But from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. That never closes. Jake, what what's your favorite casino game? Man, see, I'm a big props guy. Um, you know, and what I like about the casino is they give you props. They, they've really got a lot of – it's cool because there's a lot of bets you wouldn't think would be there, uh, whether it's is it going to be a field goal on the first drive or will somebody score within the last two minutes of the half. I like to mix it up. I think that's the best thing about bet online is uh, .ag is that they give you the opportunity. Whatever bet you want, you're going to get a chance to cast it, whether it's in the casino, uh, whether it's in the normal other places in the site. It's just a real good deal, and, and they do a really good job of – of giving you variety to choose from. Nice. Yeah, I, I like that. And, uh, you know, again, even more weird than uh, spreads to me and even more foreign concept than spreads to me are prop bets. And I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to prop bets. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'm just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks. Hey, well, that means you're probably going to be right. That means you'll probably be right more than me because I, th- I feel like it's always the, the person in the office pool that doesn't know anything about NCAA basketball that wins the, the bracket challenge. So why would this not be the same thing? Exactly. Every single time. All they do is just look at, ooh, they got nice colors. I'm going to choose yeah. them. My wife does <laughs> like, how did you do that? I don't know. I just chose the colors. I'm like, <laughs> see, yeah. I love green. Yeah, I, I think this mascot is cool. Yeah, and it always works out. They're like, oh, yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, Chicago, uh, Illinois. I'm trying to remember the name. I can't remember the team. The Chicago team that made the Final Four. It's like, oh, I just love the name of that school. I'm going to pick them to go to the Final Four, and then they do. That's about how it works. So what what you need to do is head on to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. So, I'm excited about it, honestly. Um, but I'm excited to welcome welcome on Jake from the J Boy Show. Jay, uh, Jake, tell us about your uh, show. Tell us about your website. What, what's going on with that? Yeah, man. Well, uh, we started about four and a half months ago. Uh, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's the J Boy Show. Uh, you know, I, I coached for nine years for at the Division One level, and then uh, came back, and this coronavirus hit, and and just started this podcast. And man, it's just been very fortunate uh, it's it's exploded really to be honest with you we've had a bunch of high profile guests whether it's Bruce Pearl about everybody from the SEC network Roman Harper Cole Kublik we've had Woody Page and Bob Ryan from around the horn uh really had Stuart Sink from the PGA tour and and got Marcus Spears and Booger McFarland next week and uh it's just it's been great really excited about where it's going and we just uh we just man we keep growing. We have a newsletter that just came out. I actually talked to you, Corey, about that before we came on. Uh, if you go to the jboyshow.com, man, it's, it's really cool. I'm just very fortunate and love talking ball, man. There's no politics, nothing like that. We get on there. We're talking ball, whether it's SEC football, SEC basketball, national basketball, uh, pro does not matter. So just uh, really excited and uh, make sure you guys check that out. Sweet. That's awesome. I I hear the, the voice, the personality voice. And I love it. You have the radio personality voice. See, when I talk, it sounds all country because I'm from down here in South Georgia, but that voice, it's an eye catcher. See, hey, man, you want to see the J-Boy show? Yeah, I, I, I'm on it. I, I, I love it. I love it. I, I appreciate that, Israel. Yeah, man, I, uh, it's funny. 
nobody ever believes I'm from Alabama. They're like, you don't have an accent. My brother doesn't either. And I think it's because my mom was actually from Wisconsin and my dad was from Alabama. So in the house, I kind of got both sides of it. And then throughout my coaching career, man, I've been in Kansas and Iowa where there really is no accent. So I actually think that's kind of helped me a little bit. Because when I started getting around my buddies, Israel, it starts to come (laughs) back. You know, like Jordan wearing the four or five, it starts to come back. Man, you you sound like me. I'll get around my boys, and it's like I go from like Coach Troop to like Tifton Troop, like real quick. People are like, where did that come from? That's so true, bro. It's so true. But that's how you know they're the real ones. They 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 know yes, that real yeah. voice when it gets down to it. They hear that exactly. country accent. Yeah, I have a few friends that you know. I'm like you, Jake. I don't I don't really have much of an accent. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, and this happens to be in the coach's office because we have a lot of really thick accents in our, on our staff. And I'll get in there and I'll start just going. And next thing you know, I'm like saying all kind of stuff. I'm like, what the heck? I never yeah, say, yeah. I never say this like word. Never, what the heck's going on here? Yeah, it starts sounding like Colonel Sanders, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I good. took my wife to meet my meet my hometown friends and stuff. And we got to talking. She was like, what are y'all talking? What did you just say? <laughs> Dude, bro, I, didn't understand, I didn't understand one word you just said. And I was like, oh, my, my bad. It's, sorry. Bro, that's so true, though. Man, yeah, I grew up in Atlanta, so the accent was, you know, few and far between. Uh, grew yeah. up, grew up in Fayetteville, so we're, we're, you know, we're on the edge there. There were some friends I had that had accents, and you know, my dad mm-hmm. never really had. Well, my mom's accent is like, I mean, you would think she is like straight out of South Georgia or Alabama or wherever Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. You know, she just, I mean, it, it is funny, and I, I like teasing her about it a little bit, and uh, I'll, I'll imitate her. And I have an aunt that is like. The stereotypical Southern lady voice. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Oh man, yeah. So, but anyway, let's let's get into it, man. Georgia Auburn. Uh, Auburn comes to Sanford, uh, six and a half point underdogs. Um, I don't mm-hmm. buy that whatsoever. Um, Georgia coming off a game in which it was a tale of two halves. Uh, horrendous first half offensively. Uh, then got it together and, and actually yeah. covered the spreads somehow. I don't know. Yeah, um, believe me, I know. <laughs> I, I it was seven I to five at halftime, and I was like, "What is going on yeah, here?" I was like, "Well, I, well, I said Israel's like, what inning are they in?" Yeah, I was yeah, like, I'm like, "What?" Yeah, I sent out a I sent out a text message to to Matt actually, um, and saying, "Yeah, um, you know, we hit a two run double in the fourth to get us, you know, to get us <laughs> to this point." So it's freaking it's nuts, man. But uh, you know, Auburn uh, of course got off to a, a, a kind of a slow start. Uh, they mm-hmm. found their way. Um, and both teams come in not without any issues. Uh, but you know, there's going to be several keys to win this game. We'll we'll, we'll dive into uh, all of them. I think Israel, you and I started to uh, started to deep dive. We'll, we'll dive even further into the mix, into the weeds, as you say. Um, but uh, so, what 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 is the main key for uh, for Auburn to be successful, Jake? Well, you know, there's really two that that I think stand above everything else. One is obviously the ability to establish the run. I think between both teams, between Auburn and Georgia, obviously, and and in a lot of football games, you guys know this, the team that is establishing the run is going to be able to establish and dictate the tempo of the game. Whichever team is able to do that is going to take a lot of pressure off that quarterback, whether it's Bo Nix with an inexperienced offensive line going against a really good Georgia front, or it's whoever Georgia rolls out there at quarterback being able to protect him a little bit and getting Auburn to put some more guys in the box to give picking some one-on-one situations out there. But my main thing, the way, the way I see it for Auburn, is if Auburn's going to move the ball offensively and score, they are go- Bo Nix is going to have to do it from the pocket. 
So last week, you know, I talked, Corey, in the pre-show, we kind of talked about this. You know, Bo Nix still has a tendency to leak out of the pocket when it's protected. And it wasn't as noticeable last week as it was the year before, but it's still a problem. And you cannot roll into edge pressure, especially when George is bringing who they have off the end of the line of scrimmage. So if Bo Nix can stay in the pocket, I think it'll give him a chance to work the ball downfield and give Auburn a chance to hit some chunk plays and not have to go 12 plays and 80 yards every time they get the ball. That sounds exactly what we talked about the other day, Corey, because I said if we keep him in the pocket and actually make him make those throws, we got it. Because like you said, if, when he's not comfortable in the pocket, so if we can keep him in the pocket and make him have to look downfield and make those throws and not make plays with his feet, I think that's our key to winning on defense. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, it, it, we're going to have to live and die by that philosophy because, you know, he could sit back there and burn us, and he could if he if he's, if he's well, disciplined enough. Yeah, so that's what it's yeah come and he does. To. And I'll, I'll say this, and Israel, you're right. That's the book on Bo Nix. Israel, that's the book on him. Make mm-hmm. him beat you from the pocket. But what I saw last week, and again, Israel, until he does it for a full game against an elite team, you're right. You know what I'm saying? You're, yeah. you're exactly right. He's got to do it against an elite team. There was some strides I thought he took last week. I think the last touchdown he threw to Eli Stowe, if you see him, he worked his way around the pocket, actually went to the second progression, which was a vertical, and hit him in stride for a touchdown. So mm-hmm. I think there's a chance if he's in the pocket that Auburn can move the ball. But I'm almost I'm – Israel, I'm almost – if I'm from an Auburn perspective, I'm almost worried the other way because knowing that he may not have a ton of confidence in that offensive line and knowing what Georgia has on the defensive line, if I'm Georgia – the more I get him to move around and panic, I think that's what's going to lead to turnovers, and he almost did it a few times last week. Yeah, that's, that's Felipe Franks. I said it there last week. We hit him early. There we hit go. him off the hill, make the mistake. So he yep. doesn't like to sit in the pocket either. So um, like you said, Bo Nix, he, he may burn us. You know, he may burn us on a couple, but I think if you hit him open, yeah. hit him early, try to get him uncomfortable already while he's in the pocket, he'll try to scramble, and that's, yep. that's when you get the mistakes that you get in a football yep. game. And ironically, that was the only rushing touchdown Georgia gave up all last season was to Bo Nix on a design quarterback run. So that's, that's that's a weird stat. It is a very weird <laughs> stat, and you got you got to keep him from doing that because he moves around really well. But um, a matchup that I'm looking forward to is uh, Seth Williams versus Eric Stokes um, out there on the perimeter. I think that's going to be a you know NFL scouts are going to be I guess drooling over that one. They're going to you know they're going to see oh my goodness what what's going to happen here? You got a elite receiver, elite corner, something's got to give right. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, he, he okay. has the size. Oh, my bad. He, he no, you got it, Israel. You got it, babe. You got it. You got it. Yeah, um, I think he has a size over over Stokes. And I, I mean, you know, we can be physical with him and get hands on him. I think it'd be good. I think we're better than that corner from Kentucky uh, that yeah. tried to come up and press him and stuff like that. But you know, all that jawing, you know, gets that energy going and gets that adrenaline going, so it makes you play harder. So I think it's going to be a great matchup between those two. Um, if we can try to minimize everything he can do. Um, on the outside, and then you just leave it up to the other little species y'all got. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, how does Schwartz get uh, get used here, Jake? Yeah, well, if you look, and I've said this on the show, me and Chris Doring from the SEC Network were talking about this Monday. You know, if you go back and look, Auburn was very base. They were, they were very vanilla in their play calling. It, mm-hmm. it looks to me like they took a calculated risk. Uh, you didn't see tons of throws to tight ends. You saw very few speed sweeps to Anthony Schwartz. You saw a lot of now screens to him. I think what Auburn's going to do with Schwartz, I think the goal with Schwartz is not only to, to streak down the field, have big plays in the passing game, 
but be able to use that jet sweep to soften Georgia's defensive line a little bit laterally so it opens up some space for the inside zone, for zone read. Uh, I think Schwartz's ability, because to me he's the fastest guy in college football. He just runs different than anybody I see in college football. And, and that's, I completely agree. Yeah, it's just different. But I think his value last week was more of a decoy. I think this week it's going to be a focal point. Like I said, I think you'll see a lot of jet sweeps probably on first down. I think you'll see a lot more motion this week from Auburn faking that jet sweep after they hit it a few times and trying to stuff that thing on the inside because you guys are both offensive coaches. Y'all know the deal. If you can soften them up out, if you can stretch them outside, you can beat them inside. And if you can make those D linemen run laterally the whole game, it wears them out. The problem is George is pretty deep on the defensive line, <laughs> but you're just trying to steal a running play every now and then with that jet sweep. I think that's what you're going to see. Yeah, we have a, a- – now I'm head coach for tonight, actually, because our coach is still mm. still in quarantine. So I'm actually debut uh, baby, the debut Uh-oh. one and zero is, is what I'm looking for. Uh, he <laughs> Run comes, a reverse on the first play. Should we probably bungle it though? We have, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were like the last the last school district to uh, well, actually no, because uh, Memphis Shelby County hasn't uh, hasn't started yet, and they won't start. So. Really, we're the last one to get in the boat uh, other than Shelby yeah. County. So we haven't had a whole lot of full contact time, um, actually, ironically. But um, I was going to say that we have a jet series uh, that we run strictly for that reason, strictly mm-hmm. to help us gain an edge on inside runs like Trap and, and Belly G, you know, stuff yeah. like that yeah. to get us to get those linebackers moving laterally and maybe move them into positions where they can be blocked down on or trapped or, or yeah. whatever the case may be. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, that that's a staple of Gus Malzahn a lot. I mean, he runs the buck sweep. He runs, uh, you know, he'll, he'll use jet uh, for, for the option stuff. I mean, they may, you may even see some power read stuff with, with Bo Nix. You know, I think you'll see a little bit more. I, I, I think you'll see a little bit more of them trying to get Bo Nix into the running game, which is something yeah. they did not do last week. I think so too. If you and if you watch him play, I mean, if you you get like you said with Gus Malzahn. If you take everything he's done and you start adding those jets with Swartz and stuff like that, it makes your your power read stuff work perfectly. Mm-hmm. It gets yes. everybody flowing, and all of a sudden you you got two pulling guards coming around, or you got your guard and your tackle pulling around uh, for Bo Nix to get a big run. So it. it if I was them, um, give him a little eye candy, like like you said, yeah. give him a little eye candy with Swartz, make him move back and forth, a lot of motions and stuff. Um, and if we're on discipline, they're going to get ashes all day. Israel, bro, you, yeah, you brought up Power Reed. To me, that's the best running play in football. Nothing yes. scares me because you can't account for that guy. You know, it's, one, it's almost one extra hat. So Power Reed always scared me. And it's funny, when I was coaching in junior college, Terry Wilson, the Kentucky quarterback, was at mm-hmm. Garden City. And he ran that power read. Even they'd run power read, Q power. They had a great play action series off of Q power and power read. So it's just such a problem, like you said, because when you're playing against a defense as good as Georgia and as talented, you have to try and influence them somehow. You can't sit here and say, we're going to base block everybody and try and run the ball because it's not going to work. You can't do it. You can't just run inside zone. We found that no. the hard way out last year. <laughs> uh, trying to run inside zone against those big bodies. But, I mean, if you get people moving, give that quarterback a good read, the yep. offensive line does what they're supposed to do. I mean, you're going you're gonna to get at least five every That's 100% time. Whether you're right. pulling it or you're giving it. So, um, just doing little stuff like that, I mean, it, it takes a lot out of your defense because they're having to move left to right and yep. all that good stuff. So, it, it slows them down, like you said earlier. Yeah, and it, and it forces them to – 
to play slow. It forces them to flat foot and, and maybe, okay, do I take the eye candy? Do I trust my read? What, you know, what's going on here? And it, I think yeah. it brings well, they start a little guessing. Yeah. They start you guessing. Got them guessing. Yeah. And then they then guess wrong them. and it's a big play. Yeah. Then you got them. So yeah, yeah and, we had, we had a team a couple of weeks ago, power read all day. I'm talking about, we pulled guard, we pulled guard and tackle around back the opposite way from the, from the yeah. running back. I'm telling you, it was beautiful. It's, it's amazing to see if you do it enough, how many people keep going the opposite way. It's it, crazy. It's, it's great. <laughs> well, it goes my against, it, yeah, it goes against everything you really know. Yeah. My quarterback, he, he did it one time and there was nobody um, on the left side. And he was like, Oh my God, it's, Whoa, yeah. wait a second. And he just took off running. I was like, yes, that's how it works, buddy. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> He's probably great so surprised call, he didn't great know what to do. <laughs> He's like, dang, coach, you said they're like, coach, they're like, coach, this ain't going to work. I was like, I promise you. <laughs> if we run it right, I promise you it'll work. And we ran it. And he was like, oh, man, my garden tackle came around and destroyed the defensive end. It was like, oh, man, this is, this is open. Yeah, it's always, Israel, it's always funny to me watching, regardless of what it trucks, whatever you're running, when that backside guard pulls – and that linebacker screws up and goes the wrong way, and there's nobody there for the guard, and he's just lost in open space because they're not used to it being that open. Yeah. I, I, that's they just one of my stand there, things. and I'm like, go, go upfield. Go, 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 go score. Go, go. go score. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you get the tackle that pulls around. You get such a good kick out, and the linebackers yeah. are so screwed up that your tackle exactly. is, is running around there, like looking around, like, and he comes to the sideline, Coach, I didn't know who to hit. And yeah. like, just Good. we ran it one time. And my tackle literally did jumping jacks. He was like, I don't, he was like, with his hands out, he was like, I, I don't know what to do. And I was like, run, run. Get that, get out of the way. And the free safety comes down to make the tackle like 20 yards away. I'm like, look, Those, if like, there's yeah. nobody there, keep uh, going. Like, keep going. He, he's right in front of you. Yeah, you'll find yeah. somebody. Just find an opposite yeah. color jersey and go hit him. And exactly. Like, you'll never be wrong. No, never. not at all. I'll never let you in the meeting room if you hit the somebody in opposite color jersey. Exactly. Ever. I'll, I'll say, hey, maybe you should have hit him, but uh, kudos for hitting somebody at least. Well, yeah, I'd rather exactly. say woe than go. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, Power Read. I mean, God, we could do a whole show on just Power Read. And, and, and you the really awesome could, dude. <laughs> it's, I always said they got it from the book of the dark arts in Hogwarts. Like, that's one of the dark arts. Man, it's like, what if I run this the opposite way and come back the other way? Hmm. Yeah, and that somebody might work. You, yeah, and you know somebody on that coach staff was like, "Listen, Dan, that'll never work." He's like, "Well, you know, we might as well try it." Yeah, I mean, it's worked a shot, right? They might yeah. react this way, and and now years later, we're that's like the staple, and everyone's doing clinics on that, and you're you're gonna start seeing <laughs> yeah. that like crazy. It's the modernized wing <laughs> T, really. That's yeah. all it yeah. is. That's all it is. So, um, so you don't have to go. You don't have to buy into the wing T package now to to get some of the concepts and to get some of the misdirection yep. stuff. And so, um, you know, I'm excited about that, and I'm excited as a coach to try to get that into my my toolbox. And so, we got counter down. So we're gonna we're gonna work that. We're gonna work power into that. Eventually, power read. But we have a big six five quarterback that he can run. But he doesn't really want to run. He wants to stay in the pocket. Uh, sometimes we have to force him to pull the ball down and run if if nothing is there in the passing game. Yeah. So I, I think that's a little odd. You, you get any quarterback, every quarterback, they think they're uh, they think they're Mike Vick or Cam Newton or whoever, and exactly. They just, and they just want to pull it and run no matter what. And and so <laughs> having the opposite has been odd for me because I've been having yeah. to tell him, okay, you're allowed to run. It's okay. You can yes, pull my it. quarterback has a four second clock in his head. It's like when he, once he gets the four. And he's in the pocket. Nobody's there. You're running the football. Smart I don't care man. What happens? Smart you are man. Running the football. <laughs> You'll play for a long time. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get my quarterback there, but he he's getting looks from like when I say looks, he's getting like handwritten notes, whatever that means, uh, from Tulane and from Oklahoma at this point, or the okay, two people okay. that he's getting the That's most good. handwritten notes from. So I think he'll. I think Tulane will probably end up happening before Oklahoma does for him. Yeah. And he's just a junior, so he, he's pretty yeah. good. Oh, he's got time. He's, yeah. he's just yeah. a baby. He got plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. he got to hit that circuit this summer. Yeah. It, yeah, whatever circuit there is, he's got to hit it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, that's a good point. So looking at, uh, Jake, looking at Georgia's quarterback situation, speaking of, mm-hmm. um, we have no idea who the, who the heck's going to be under center. There's there uh, JT Daniels got cleared, but – you know, you, you know how Kirby is. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna keep you guessing. So you have JT yeah. Daniels in the wings. Dewan Mathis could possibly start again, um, or do you go with Stetson Bennett? You know, how do you how do you handle that situation? How do you think there? How do you think Kirby's gonna handle that situation? And what do you think is right? Well, you know, number one, you know, Kirby's there at the practices. You know, he's seeing what's going on off the field with those guys. So you know, me guessing who's there, it's just speculation. Now, I tell you what, I would do. You know, the way I look at it is Stetson, Dewan Mathis, you hate it for him, had a chance. It didn't go great. You wonder how he is mentally. You wonder how the coaches feel mentally about putting him out there with some of the, the mistakes that were made. The way I've seen it, quarterbacks usually go one of two ways after that. Either they man up and figure it out or they end up transferring. Uh, don't want to speculate on Dewan. I think what you'll see, in my opinion, I think you'll see Stetson out there first. Because, again, he's the guy that came in and got the ball rolling. And if you tell players that, listen, if you come in, and I used to say to my, to my guys, I love all you guys, but I have a special place in my heart for you guys that show up on Saturday. And Stetson's a guy that they put him in there, and he did what he had to do. Was it beautiful? No, but he ran the offense. He looked comfortable, did a nice job running the ball, great job scoring one time on a touchdown. What I think you're going to see is Stetson start. I think you're going to see Georgia try and be exactly the same way they were in the second half against Arkansas on offense. They're going to try and establish the run. My question is, if Auburn takes away the run, which they could do, and Stetson has to throw the ball, is he going to be able to sit there and throw the ball against an Auburn secondary that's pretty talented and be one-dimensional? What I think you're going to see is I think – Both offenses are going to struggle, in my opinion. But I think if Georgia hits that wall, I think you're going to see JT Daniels in there. And, man, coming off a knee and from the Pac-12, you never know. I just watched K.J. Costello throw for 33,000 yards against LSU. So you you really don't don't know. To me, it's more of a – and I don't like the argument that they were holding him out of the Arkansas game. That doesn't make sense to me because when you have a quarterback coming off an injury, in a brand new league, you want to see if he's ready to go when the lights come on. Because there's not an ice tub, there's not a practice field, there's not a virtual classroom that he can go in that's going to simulate Auburn versus Georgia. And he's never played in that game, he's never played in the SEC. And even KJ Costello talking after the game was like, man, I know we got 20% stands in here, but this is different. Like, this is different. What I'm seeing on the other side of the ball is different. So, does that JT may come in and look like Joe Montana? I don't know. But I think it's going to come down to if Auburn shuts down the run and Stetson can't pass the ball effectively enough and they put JT in, I think it could go really good or really bad. I don't think there's going to be an in-between. So that's kind of the way I see it. I think it's going to be an offensive fist fight on both sides of the ball the whole game. But in my mind, I think they start Stetson and adjust accordingly throughout the game. Very good. You got it. You hit it right on the head. You said everything that I was going to say. Um, I think I think you got to go with the high hand. I think you got to go with Stetson. 
Um, he came in, moved the offense, got us going. And um, like you said, you can't say that they were just holding him in the Arkansas game. He wasn't clear. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's, been, that's been the deal. So he's not clear, so he can't play. You can't say, oh, they're just holding him because that's, that's BS, if you, in my yeah. opinion. But I think, like you said, if Stetson can't get it done, then I think JT's going – I think JT will be the next person in there. Like you said, another disrespect to Mathis, but at the same time, you got to look at how is this offense being managed. Yeah. You know, how, how, how are we moving the football? And not saying that he can't do it. They might put him in. He, go, he goes lights out this week too. Yeah, you, you know, never it know. Could go, it could go both ways. And like you said, JT might get in there and look at that 20% in Sanford State and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. What is going on here, and you know, and that, and during the headlight look go on him. But I think you start Bennett, and I and I think you you give it to the hot hand to start off and just see how yeah. it goes. I mean, you can't just take it away from him after he no. did what he did last week. You can't, yeah. you, you you can't do that, you know. And um, I I think he's ready to go, and that's why I'm hanging my hat on starting the game on Friday. I mean, not Friday on Saturday. Yeah, yeah I mean, if if I if I'm in control of the the situation, I'm I'm definitely handing it to Stet and say, hey, go get it done. Uh, and then if things go if things go crazy, uh, JT, you're next up, and uh, go get it, JT. So, and JT played at USC, so it's not like he played at some you know down. Yeah, and they throw the ball. I mean, they throw yeah. the ball a lot. You know, yeah, my, that's not. I'm not worried about JT throwing the ball. That that's not his arm talent is there. The thing that would worry me is number one, how confident is he on that lead leg? Because it is mm-hmm. the lead leg, and yeah. what happens when he gets hit on it the first time? Because it's always. It's not if the knee is okay. If they cleared him, the knee's okay. Yeah. But physic, but mentally, does he trust it? Does he trust it enough to try and extend the play or throw the ball out of bounds? You see what I'm saying? So there's yeah. there's a fine line, I think, in between him being medically cleared physically and mentally ready to go. Because if he's mentally ready to go, he's got the arm talent to 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 be stellar. JT yeah. does. Mm-hmm. He's always had that. It's just been the other things that kind of slowed him down because he does have a tendency, if you watch at USC, and Clay Helton even talked about this, he does have a tendency to, when he sees pressure, get rid of that ball regardless. And I think that's something you cannot do in this game, and I think Bo Nix is the same way. So I think that's a huge – if JT does get in there, I think that's something, whether you're a Georgia fan, Auburn fan, Cavaliers fan, it doesn't matter that you need to be watching. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely. And especially with two D lines, I mean – yeah. Auburn's defensive line, Georgia's defensive line. I mean, hey, although he goes against Georgia's defensive line every day, it's going to be different when the bullets start flying in a game situation, not where we, yeah. a coach is blowing the whistle. Yeah, you, you know, don't have so, that yellow jersey on. No. Yeah, you know, <laughs> on you're, you're getting hit. Like, if yeah. something breaks down, you're getting hit. Yeah. You so, know, so just, like you say, it's all it's all mental. It's the mental yeah. capacity of him. Can he handle it when he gets – if if or when he gets in the game, can he handle it mentally? So Jake, you were a defensive coordinator uh, and, mm-hmm. and spent some spent a lot of time doing it at the uh, at the JUCO level. Given this quarterback situation, do you bring a lot of heat and lockdown man coverage and see what see how they see how they handle it? So I, I that it's a great question because I actually wrote about it uh, in the news of this week. And what I believe is, if it's Stetson Bennett, because you have to have a game plan for each quarterback whether it's Stetson Bennett, whether it's JT Daniels, or whether it's Mathis, because they each bring something a little bit different. I think Stetson runs a little bit better than what people give him credit for. So if I'm Auburn, Kevin Steele's going to be Kevin Steele. All right, you're going to see that, that over front, that under front. I think early, Auburn's going to play a little bit of base. I don't think they're going to bring a ton of pressure, maybe on third and long to try and get Stetson, you know, to get rid of the ball quick. But if I'm Auburn and Stetson's out there, I'm going to shade a safety toward George Pickens. I'm going to play with six in the box when they're in 10 personnel. 
And I'm going to see if Stetson can beat me at playing, you know, quarters, playing some six. I like zone against Stetson. Now, if Mathis comes in, I think you heat him up. I think you heat him up, you heat him up, you heat him up. I think if JT Daniels comes in, you heat him up. You may say, all right, well, we're going to see if that knee's fine pretty quick. And it's not just a, hey, get a sack. It's you just threw the ball and I hit you. And I want to see how you react, kind of like what Israel's talking about. But what Kevin Steele's going to do, because Kevin Steele, in my opinion, is the best chameleon in college football. He will tailor his defense, even in-game, to mirror if you're giving him something different than what he thought. I think that's his biggest strength. I think you saw it last week. I think you've seen it a lot in his career, is that he's not afraid to change the philosophy, not the philosophy, but the style of the defense throughout the game. And I think you'll see Auburn really mix it up because the key may not be, are we just going to sit in zone? Are we going to bring pressure on third down? It's how well can we mix it up? Because again, new quarterbacks, you guys are offensive guys. Y'all know how it goes. The more, the more different looks you give them, the more they have to think about it. The more they're having to think about that, the less they can just go out there and play. And when you're a quarterback that's coming out there for a first time, trying to prove to your teammates, to the state of Georgia, to your family, your friends, your girlfriend, her parents, that you are an SEC quarterback, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And if you go out there and give them something different to look at, they almost feel like you're giving them an etch-a-sketch and you mix it up because after every play, they got to start from scratch. So I think that's what you're going to see this weekend, in my opinion. I I love love that analysis because there's nothing worse than your quarterback come to the sideline and he can't tell you what they were doing. Yep. Coach, they didn't do. They didn't show that on film. Is by yep. far the most one thing that makes me angry. I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You go out there and play ball. Yeah, you know, you 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 go through your reads like you're supposed to. It doesn't matter if they show it. We'll see it and we'll come back and adjust. But you still got to yep. play ball. Exactly. You know, and it's like you said, Coach Coach Steele is is a mastermind at doing that. He'll go and he'll go three down one play. Next thing you know, they're in bare front. Next thing yep. you know, they're in four <laughs> down. You're just like, what in the like? They're in cover four and they're covering six. They're in cover five. You're like, what in the world? And is Israel, what, what are they doing? And it's in and it's in game, like you say, it's in game. Yeah, yeah. He does it in the middle of the game, and you're like, yeah. what in the world? Every down is different, and what they're in, what they're doing. Yeah, and then then he's going to figure out what gives you fits, and he's going to come back to it and come back to it and come back to exactly. it. Exactly. And he might go four down quarters one play, and then he might go without a doubt, and then he might go four down zero, um, in the middle of the field, which is, yeah. is a complete tendency breaker because rarely do people go cover zero in the in the middle of the field. But mostly that's typically tight red zone type coverages mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. you're going to get. But, you know, that's one thing that scares me about Kevin Steele and why I think he's an elite defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, you have him, Aranda, uh, Venables that all do that. Uh, and that's kind of their trademark. They're, they're chameleons. They adjust and, and they, they do what works and they're not stubborn yeah. enough to say, I'm an odd front team. I'm going to be an odd front scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not afraid to go. All right. If we're da- if, if an even front is going to get them, Let's go even front. Let's bring yeah. some pressure. Let's do what we got to do. And, and and that's what makes a great coach. You're able to adjust and adapt and do whatever you need to do to win. Yeah, and I'll be interested, and, and I want I want you your guys' thoughts on this, because last week, and, and Kevin Steele made a good adjustment to it, I'm wondering if George is going to show it to Auburn, because on the touchdown that Kentucky scored first, and they came out in this set multiple times, they came out in 10 personnel, but lined up in quads mm-hmm. to the field. And Auburn extended that inside backer almost to a nickel spot and ended up with a five-man box. All Kentucky did was run the power to the boundary. And it took Auburn about three or four plays because there was one play where if Owen Papo doesn't make the tackle, they're going to score again on it. And I'm wondering if Georgia's going to come out 
and try and go that quad set and run that ball into the boundary and make Auburn try and play three over four. Because y'all know as well as I do, typically offenses, you know, just like defenses, at an empty, you have a certain amount of plays. At a quads, you probably have even less plays. And most of the time on defense, you have two empty checks, a zone, and then a pressure, a man pressure, because they don't have enough to block out of empty. Or they line up in quads, and you have a quads check. Typically, we stayed with one quads check. You know, mm-hmm. we could use our empty check for the quads and keep a backer in there and do the same thing. But I'm be very interested to see if Georgia runs any quads, not to throw the ball, but to open the ball. because uh, Not to throw the ball, but to run the ball. Because if Auburn goes and plays three over four, you're going to start to see that, I-, I think, bubble screen to number four because they got enough on a hat on the hat. So I think that's a little chess match in the game that everybody needs to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think that's perfect for for Dwan Mathis if you wanted to have a package for him, um, just as like kind of a niche package. And and James Cook is liable enough as a receiver to be able to to be believable enough yeah. to, to line up out there. Let me ask y'all. I watched him, man. That's Dalvin's brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm always honest, regardless of what who plays for who. Just like I think Sean Sh- Shivers isn't a very good running back, in my opinion, for Auburn. I watched James, man. I th- it was his first game, right? Was that his first game? No. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was, but he just, man, for some reason, he just, he didn't look great to me. You know what I'm saying? He didn't look, I he mean, Dalvin, it's hard to compare him to Dalvin. I just, I don't know. He just didn't look great to me. I'm so used to Georgia's running backs being so good. You know, yeah. whether it's Gurley or no Sean Moreno or Nick Chubb or just pick one. You know, I just mm-hmm. I didn't think he looked like an elite Georgia, you know, DeAndre Swift. I'm going to be able to pound it. I'm going to run you over. It just because Georgia's very intimidating with their backfield. They always have yeah. been. And I just don't know if he's that guy. Maybe that's just me. I think if they he hadn't found a place comfortable for him yet. Yeah. You know, okay. whether it's just whether he's strictly a running back is to be seen or whether he's a, a receiver. You know, yeah. I think I think they just got to mix him up and move him around. He can he can play running back, which which we all know he can, and then he can go out and play wide too. I think you just got to yeah. move him around. He's a hybrid to you, Israel. He's a hybrid to you. Yeah, he's he's yeah. a hybrid guy. You know, you okay. can put him at receivers. Like you're empty. Say if I go empty, he would be legit to, to the Legit. Uh, yeah. to the single receiver side. You know, oh, he, wow, he would be inside guy against linebacker. You know, I like yeah. him against linebacker all day, all you day, know, so all day. I just I, I know me. how good he can be. Maybe I said that that I know how good he can be. Yeah. I just yeah. I want to see it when he come, you know, him come out of the gate, like when them damn horses yeah. come out of the gate, because he looks about as pretty as you can look, mm-hmm. you know, in pads. So yeah. he will. I hope he does, you know, uh, for Auburn's sake, probably not this week. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be really good. I, I just think he's a guy that Israel, that's the perfect way to put it, man. Once he finds his role, I think he'll thrive. Yeah, unlike it. I mean, definitely. his brother's more of a feature back. and uh, Oh, his, I mean, Dalvin's. Yeah, and he was. Dalvin is, is a wizard. Was, and he was that way at Florida State too, yeah. Um, but James, yeah. you know, like Israel hit the nail on the head on that. James has got to just find his niche and find his way. And yeah, you know, NFL teams. I think I think he can play at the NFL level. He's just got to find that role where he's a slot receiver, run jet sweep, do some do some return game stuff and special teams yeah. work. And, and almost really, like Corderell Patterson type, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, he reminds me a lot of Taysom Hill. You know, he you I don't like really that know term. where he's going. He's he's yeah. not going. You don't know where he's going to be at. He's at quarterback or he's at receiver. Hell, he's on special teams, you know. Just yeah. you don't know where he's at, but but you have to account for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think if if we can use him in different packages and figure out how to 
how to get him going. I think once we get it, once we do get him going, he's going to be dangerous. Exactly. That's how we used to call him Waldo backs because you never know where he is. You always got to find exactly. him. Where's Waldo? Where's yep. Waldo? I like it. Um, so what, what's, uh, what's our final score prediction here? Um, I'll, mm. I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, I, I feel like Auburn, if they're going to beat Georgia and Athens, this is the week with everything that's going on. I feel 27-24, 27-21. Uh, I think the difference may be Anders Carlson, Daniel Carlson's little brother. I mean, he's good from 55 and in. Um, I think he's the best kicker in college football. Uh, one of them, if not the best. Uh, there's another guy I think has made like 40 in a row or something crazy like that. But I'm feeling 27-21 Auburn, 27-24 Auburn, kind of around there, and and hopefully the over hits. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Like I said, I'm taking I'm the over. Go ahead, Israel. I'm thinking like he's I'm, – I'm thinking three points too. I'm thinking 28, 24, you know. Yeah. Hell, it might be 28, 27, you know. It might, might yeah. come down to, like you said, an extra point or a field goal, you know, going in. So I, I think it's going to be close. I think it's a – I think at most it's a four-point ball game mm-hmm. um, at, at most just because the defenses are so good. You know, you, yeah. it, it depends on, like you said, who can, who can dictate the tempo of the game mm-hmm. is, is yeah. who's going to win the football game. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, early on, I think it'll be like a 10-7, 10-6 type halftime score, and then you'll get a flurry of points like kind of in the midpoint of the second half. Um, and it'll come down to at the end of the game who can hold the field position, who can hold the other yeah. team out. Um, can can one defense make that crucial stop in the fourth quarter to get it done? I think I think you're looking at a 27-24 tight ball game, 27-21. Somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. I think I think they're going to hit the over and they're going to hit it late. Um, yeah. But I do think they hit the over, and I do think Auburn covers the spread. I don't know that they're going to win outright. Uh, it could go, honestly, either way. It's going to come down to the kicking game, field position, um, which punter can have the best game. Um, Bo Nix. Yeah, Bo Nix. <laughs> um, can, can, they, can they steal a possession, whether it's an onside, whether it's yeah. a, you know, whether a gunner is making a play on, the, on any of the coverage units, you know, whatever the case may be. So that's how I think it's gonna. That's how I think it's gonna roll. But let's make let's make some other picks. one major factor in this game, though. Can Auburn handle the light show? Can you handle? Can you handle the light show? That's when gonna, we score at the beginning of the game, I mean, if if you got somebody that's prone to seizures, it's gonna be bad for whoever. Yeah, on the that's, you, better, there. you better sign the waiver. Yeah. You, oh my god. It's going I mean, I, and I think they're gonna go with with the COVID era and, and, and recruiting, and they can't have official visits. They might even go overboard with that too. Yeah, exactly, boy. Lights gonna be flashing all the way to uh, Milledgeville, boy. You can see them. There, there it is. Georgia's playing. That's their edge right there. Um, so Israel, I'm I'm gonna give you a chance to come back to it. We we talked about this at the top of the show when, when we talked about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. South Carolina rolls into Gainesville. Uh, they are. 17 and a half point dogs. The over under is 57 and a half. Kyle Trask, um, oh. he threw for 416 uh, last week on 40, 30 of 42. Six touchdowns. Uh, Kyle Pitts is uncoverable, I think. Um, they have a lot of weapons uh, on offense. Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts being the main two. Yeah. How, do, how do we see this game shaking out? Man, you, you, you see, now you're making me think about it. Um, I told well, you, I, I do told know you I was going to come back to it now. Bobo and Grantham go at used to go at it every day at practice, so it's going to be a chess match between those mm-hmm. two. I think Bobo's um, got some I, th- for I think Florida. I think Florida wins outright. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think 
I think South Carolina fixed, but I think it's a 14-point game. If I had yeah. the guy, I got Florida winning outright, but I think it's a 14-point game, um, if anything. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you know, Corey. It's pretty simple. If you're playing Florida, just stop Kyle. Yeah, stop Kyle. All of them. Yeah, all the Kyle. Anybody named Kyle. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like I like South Carolina uh, plus 17 and a half. It's a Will Muschamp coach team. It's a defensive team. T-Rob's there, too. Offensively, you know, I, I thought Bobo did a pretty good job calling the game. I thought they missed they missed a few uh, touchdown plays. Actually, if you go back and look at it, Florida, I didn't think played very well defensively, and they even said that after the game. Some of the players came out and almost apologized for the way that they played. So what I'm interested to see is if South Carolina takes the route, we're going to hold the ball. We're going to try and keep the Kyles off the field because if they get into a shooting match, they're going to get blown out of the water. They're not built Mm -hmm. to do that. I think South Carolina is going to try and do what Kentucky did. They're going to try and turn around and hand the ball off. They're going to try and throw the ball in the flat. They're going to try and extend possessions and try to keep it a one score game as long as possible and hope they can steal a turnover or make a play on special teams. But I like Florida by 17 here. I think they barely covered. I think I think Israel's right. I think it's fourteen to seventeen. I think South Carolina will score late to cover. Yeah, seven seventeen will still give South Carolina the cover because it is a yep. seventeen and a half point spread. So yeah, I think it's gonna. I think third and Grantham is a thing. Um, it is definitely a thing, and I think Bobo is going to exploit that. I think that's going to be part of their ball control situation. Is just you know, hopefully Colin Hill can be disciplined enough to dink and dunk down the field and take his check downs, you know, never, never go broke, make it a profit uh, type yep. situation where you're patient and you take your points when you can get them and then give your defense um, some opportunities and put them in some advantageous situations because the Kyles are going to, the Kyles are going to do their thing. It's just a matter of how many opportunities you're going to give them to do their thing. Yep. And if you're constantly moving, if you're moving at a rapid pace and going three and out, they're going to have plenty of opportunity, and this game could get. You know, oh, they're going to kill them. It's going to be get ugly fast. It, ugly, One thing's for sure: fast. if it's second and long, you're going to get five from Grantham every time. Yep. If it's third yep. and long, you're going to get six. That that yeah. it's coming. So, yep. how do you account for that, and how do you stay out of those situations? And if they, if Carolina can do that, I think they can make this a respectable game. If not, then it's going like you said, it's going to get ugly fast, especially when you can't stop the cows and the Tonys over there. Yeah, <laughs> Florida. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the points here. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Bobo smart enough to know ball control. Um, so I'm taking the points here. I'm taking the Gamecocks, but I'm taking Florida to win outright. So uh, headed to Knoxville, where Tennessee is 11 and a half point favorites. Uh, 48 and a half is the over under. The Missouri Tigers 0 and 1. Um, tough to tough to really judge what they look like because Alabama, uh, Bama is Bama. And so, what? How do we think this game is going to go? Well, I hate I hate eleven point spreads. Yeah, how do you arrive on that number? Such a weird spread. That just lets me know that you're trying to screw me somehow. That you're gonna screw me. It's the same. (laughs) It's the same thing when they say, "Oh, it's a two and a half point spread." I just I give them the Ron Burgundy. I don't believe you. uh, Exactly. Gift. I uh, to be honest, might as well be a straight up pick them at that. I think Tennessee's gonna win this game, but I'm not putting any of my hard earned money on this because to to to. For the lack of, of not using a pun, I'm Missouri on this one, man. I'm, I'm not touching this. I think Tennessee wins. I think it's an ugly game. I'm still not sold on Guarantano. Um, you know, I, I, I believe South Carolina, I mean, you look like we talked about a second ago. I think they made some mistakes. You kick a field goal, 
down seven with three and a half minutes to go in the game to go down by four. No one has yet to explain to me why you would do that. I don't care if it was fourth and 15. That makes absolutely no sense. You might as well punt and pin them back and try and get the ball back. So yes. I just think it's going to be an ugly game. I think Tennessee's going to win, but I don't want to touch the spreads on this. Not at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same exact way. Missouri like is the show me stage. You're going to have to show me um, <laughs> exactly what you got. Um, you know, and watching the Missouri-Alabama game, I watched the replay of the night. Missouri did look bad against Alabama now. Dude, they did Nick not. Bolton? The, the way that he's moving the ball and that quarterback back there, he's, he can make plays with his feet. And they got some skilled guys that can get it going. Um, you know, and it's hard going against the, the waddles of the world now because, I mean, that one catch he made across the middle was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, you know, so going against Alabama is a tough is a tough task. But I think when you get somebody on even ground, like when you're going to Tennessee, I think I think you get to see exactly what the, what they're really going to be like. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm staying away from the spread too. But I think Tennessee's defense makes enough plays to help yeah. them get the win. Yeah, yeah. and they got Cade Mays back. That's big. That's, That's big huge. this week for them, literally and figuratively. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm running as far and as fast away from this spread as humanly possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you bet this, don't blame me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Look, the three people in this podcast had nothing to do with whatever exactly. you're about to do. With nothing. Your nothing. <laughs> exactly. If, if if you play it, um, blame Dooley. Um, so <laughs> Tennessee fans are used to that. Um, yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's too early to tell what Missouri's going to actually have. Um, I think it's too early to have any confidence in them. I think they're heading in the right direction, as Israel said. Um, but I think it's still way too early for Missouri. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to have. Maybe they're a year away from really deciding on what they're going to be identity-wise and how they're going to play. Um, I think it's going to be ugly, um, just an ugly game all around. I don't know what they're thinking with with uh, Guarantano. I don't know what Shrout or Maurer or even the the Harrison Bailey uh, freshman phenom kid uh, has that or doesn't have that Guarantano has because I think yeah. mm-hmm. I think what Guarantano does best, I think they do better, and what he doesn't do, I, I'm not sure where it all mixes and how they dis- decided yeah. um, after Guarantano's body of work. Um, having to get benched forty-seven times throughout his career. Yeah, well, it, it's like it, it's like that? every time, every time, and maybe not every time, but eighty percent of the time when Tennessee scores because Guarantano made a play, I feel like it's on accident. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like it's like, man, God, Guarantano, man, he did such a great job of going through all those progressions. It's like he's getting hit, throws the ball up, and the DB falls down or something. Now that doesn't mean that. You know, he can't get it done, especially against Missouri. But I'm be honest with you, man. Watching Missouri's defense, Nick Bolton and that linebacker group is as good as anybody. Nick yeah, Bolton exactly. was hitting not Nick Bolton was hitting Najee Harris and Najee was going down. Like I haven't seen him go down. So I think Nick Bolton, you're gonna see in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. I think he's better than Dylan Moses. Um, I think he's a guy that's gonna probably start as an inside backer on Sunday next year. I think he's that good. Me and Cole Kulik had a great conversation about it. You know, Cole played offensive line, so he knows. And watching that guy move around, how explosive he is through contact, he has no fear. He's big, he's fast, and he's smart. So I think Missouri may have the best linebacker in the conference. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, definitely a possibility. But I'm I'm intrigued by this one. But uh, the next game, A&M travels to Tuscaloosa. 51 and a half point mm. over under 17 and a half same line uh Alabama's favored by um I think they cover um 
And what do you guys think about Texas A&M? Do they have a chance of covering here, or is this going to be a bloodbath? Hey, Israel, can I go first on this one? I'm be quick. Oh, I, I, think, I think you got something good. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. this one is uh, It's going to be like the first time you, you did something where you were old enough to get spanked when you were a kid and just that fear of understanding what's about to happen. Um, <laughs> I watched Texas A&M play, and all, man, all this offseason, all the shows that I had, whether it's you know guys from major networks or not, everybody, not everybody, but most guys were – Talking this A&M hype, dark horse for the playoff, dark horse to win the West. Colin is, Colin is, is uh, you know, Mond is going to take the next step. I still haven't seen it. I no. still haven't seen it. And you're walking into a Bama team that looked like they hadn't missed a beat, that looked like they're in midseason form. I, don't, I think not only do they cover, I think they cover in the first half. Israel? Man. I, I, I'm on Follow the same page up. after watch after watching what Vandy did last week to that offense, mm-hmm. and I know, like I said last week, Vandy's Vandy's going to surprise some people. And they're really good on defense. Watching yeah. what they did to Kelly Mond and mm-hmm. that offense, I'm like, and then watching what's going to happen when Alabama gets everything fixed that uh that they want to get fixed. Uh, I think I think it's going to get ugly fast if uh, they can't move the football. So um, I don't think it'll I don't <laughs> think it'll cover, but I'm I'm taking Alabama. Yeah, I, I'm staying away from the spread. Um, you know, Jake is a little bit more confident and a little bit more bullish on Alabama than I am. I just think it's going to be a weird game, to be honest with you. Alabama could, in fact, get bored. Uh, and Saban might have to create some of that fake juice where he yells at people just to get them, just to get them going. Um, I, I think, I think uh, you know, obviously I want to stay away from the spread, but I think, I think it's going to get ugly quick for Texas A&M. I think the uh, – I, I don't – think that they really believe in Jimbo Fisher. I have a hard time with that and, and saying, you know, you pay this yeah. guy 10 years, 75 million. Yeah. And he's already starting to lose the team. I think I, and that's what I feel like yeah. at least. And, uh, you know, e- even though I think Ted roof is kind of along the same lines as Kevin Steele, he's probably like a, like a, a, a second version of Kevin Steele, probably not quite yeah. as good, but he's along the same lines of I'm a chameleon. I'm going to, I'm going to adjust my schemes. He probably doesn't do it as frequently as Steele, um, but he had a great game plan against Kellen Mond and, and really, really gave him trouble. Um, yeah. Alabama, uh, they know how to do defense over there. I, yeah. I've heard, I, that's what I've heard. I don't know. Uh, they know how to do defense over there. And uh, I think it's going to be much of the same for A&M. And I think um, if if you really forced me to take this, I would take Alabama uh, with the 17 and a half. Uh, I think they cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure about it um, at all. This this point spread scares <laughs> me. So I'm not going I'm not going to advise you to bet the point spread. But if you if you if you press me to make a pick, I'm picking Alabama. Yeah, I'm telling you, like I said last week, you know, this is an Alabama team that came off to them was a mediocre year last year. So, you know for a fact, any team that lines up against them is going to get it. So, mm-hmm. uh, Texas A&M is the next person on that list. And and as I've seen, one thing that has gotten better at Texas A&M since Jimbo's got there is the defense. So, yeah, I think uh, the offensively, I think they'll have the work cut out for them. But, you know, um, Sarkeesian will have it. He'll, he'll figure it out real quick. And that's that's what I do like about him. But – Defensively, I don't. I don't think. I don't think A and M has the firepower enough to even piss drop against Alabama, especially after they feel like they didn't play their best game last week. So you know that wasn't practice. It was getting better, getting better. So you know week to week, Alabama gets better. And unfortunately for them, takes their names the next people on that list. Exactly. 
Well, we go down to uh, we go well up actually to Kentucky. Um, Ole Miss rolls into Lexington. Two teams that are very very similar. Um, I think uh, there's there's a slight differences, but uh, Kentucky is six and a half point favorites. The over under is actually sixty one and a half. Um, probably because Ole Miss is entering in this game. Uh, Ole Miss is a is a Jekyll and Hyde team for all the great offense they have and creativity they have yeah. with Lane Kiffin. Uh, defensively, it is a complete mystery as far as what they have and what they don't have. Um, they're just not good anywhere at any level on the defense, and uh, a lot of it is due to youth and inexperience, and a lot of it is because I'm not sure DJ Durkin is uh, is good at anything except showing really weird videos to his players. <laughs> um, Kentucky's great up front, uh, but Terry Wilson obviously had a ton of rust last week against against Auburn. Um, obviously not great decision-making uh, last week. I don't know if that's his M.O. Um, or not. We'll see. But how, do, how does this game function, uh, the the quarterback situation at Ole Miss? Do they keep rolling the way they're rolling? Jerry and Ely, Eli, uh, Elijah Moore, do they get rolling? How does this game shake out, Jake? Man, you know, when I look at this game, uh, I think it's a total clash of styles. Uh, you have Ole Miss that wants to be fast and, and explosive and, and try and outscore people, and you have Kentucky that wants to run the ball and slow the ball down and turn it into a, a fist fight up front. And – you know, I think it's one of those games where Ole Miss is going to be able to put some points up. I'll be very interested to see how Terry Wilson adjusts if, if Ole Miss loads the box. You know, those receivers last week for Kentucky didn't do much, but I love what Kentucky has up front on both sides of the ball. I think they'll be able to control the clock with the run game. I like Kentucky winning this game. I like them winning it by a touchdown. Israel? Uh, I think I'm going to go the same way. Um, just from watching them last week. Um, but at the same time, if Ole Miss's offense can get rolling, yeah, um, I think I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one because I think Ole Miss was just a play away from making that game last week a lot closer than it was. So I think I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one because um, I think, you know, Lane Kiffin, he'll figure it out. You know, he, he's great at what he does, and I think he'll score enough points to where the defense feels comfortable and going out there. Absolutely, I, I was I was sitting here thinking I was going to be the only one that was going to take Ole Miss, um, <laughs> but I, I think what what is going to make Ole Miss good uh, this year or as successful as they can be with uh, given the, their circumstances is I think they're going to have to try to go out there and force Kentucky to play at their pace. If they can do that, mm-hmm. if they can force Kentucky into a, a shootout type game or an up tempo type game, I don't think Kentucky can keep up. Kentucky yeah. on the flip side needs to grind Ole Miss down to a nub. And I think once Florida finally did that to Ole Miss last week, that's when you saw the separation in the score. And uh, that's when you started to see the two Kyles really go off uh, for yeah. uh, for Florida. Yeah. And so I think if um, Ole Miss can play just a little bit of defense, steal maybe just get a couple of punts, uh, mm-hmm. I think they can score enough to really kind of get out ahead by 7, 10, 12, 14 points. Um, that uh, Kentucky will have a hard time making up ground on. Uh, for Kentucky, if they can uh, realize that Cavassier Smoke is actually a really good running back and not just a kid with a really <laughs> yeah. cool name, um, that they can actually hit, have some success. But until they figure that out, until Eddie Grand figures out and, and kind of gets his thoughts together and you know kind of figures out who he has and you know understand that Lynn Bowden is not there that you can toss the ball up yeah. to um, yeah. and understand what their identity is, 
they, I don't think they'll have as much success as they did last year until he figures out. I think out. after watching them last week, I don't think they know what their identity. Like you said, no. they don't know what their identity is. No. Are we going? Are we a running football team? Are we a throwing football team? Yeah. Um, I think you. <laughs> I think with them, as good as that offensive line is, which they are pretty good, I think you go with the Lamar Jackson trait like they do at they did at Louisville. Yeah. What's bad uh, is yeah, that we know that Louisville, you know, let let that man use his feet. Let him throw the ball, set up, use the run to set up the pass, and I think I think Kentucky would be a lot better, but it ain't going to happen this week. Yeah. St- Stoop should hire us. I mean, we know the identity. <laughs> does. I mean, come on. You know, I'll, I'll come be your running backs coach, Israel. You, you, yeah. you go you go uh, be the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. I'll, every I'll come game be I'm coach. telling you, every game I watch, and you pretty, pretty much do the same thing, what would I do if I was an OC in this situation? Mm-hmm. Watching that Auburn game last week, if it was me, I mean, I'm letting that QB use his feet, you know. Like, I like yeah. the quad set, you know, throw that ball out there, expand the box, and then, like you said, they're running power back to the other side. Now, you take that, give them a little fake, and let your guy run a vertical down the field yeah. touchdown. Yep. You know, yep. just little things like that, you know, that just they don't seem to do, yeah. which I understand is hard. It's, it's way harder than what we do with the high school level. But at the same time, it's pretty common sense to me, like, when I'm watching it. Yeah, well, relative. you, you got to get past Chapter 1 offensively. You've got to get past it. They're, they're stuck in Chapter 1. They're on Chapter 6 on defense. They're stuck in Chapter 1 on offense. So I feel they've like got they're to turn still the page. The they, they, may be, they may not have opened the book yet. <laughs> they just yeah. purchased it. Um, yeah. Here's an interesting game. Arkansas travels to old, uh, to not Ole Miss, to Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss's rival. Um Mississippi State is 18-point favorites. The over-under is 69. Mississippi State might cover that by themselves. Um, K.J. Costello, I think, just <laughs> threw another touchdown against LSU. Um, does Arkansas have a chance? Let's, let's be real. We can be quick with this one. Do they have a chance? I, I, don't, think, I don't think Arkansas is going to win, but I don't think Mississippi State's is going to look as good as they did last week. I, I think this is kind of a sandwich game. I think they're feeling themselves right now. Uh, everybody's telling them how great they are. Good thing they have K.J. Costello. That's an older quarterback that understands – they're going to pat you on the back when it goes good and scream at you when it doesn't. But I do think that Mississippi State wins. I think this spread is tricky. I think 18 points against Arkansas, who I thought did a good job up front on defense last week. That was my biggest thing with them. Could it keep them in the game at least at some point? They don't have the depth. That's the biggest problem. But with Mississippi State in that offense, if Arkansas can get a couple three and outs, it, and throw them off schedule a little bit. I think they may catch Mississippi State looking ahead, not lose the game, but play it a little bit tighter. I think this may be a two-touchdown game. I think K.J. Costello turns the ball over a few times, but Mississippi State wins the game. I think we, um, after playing us, I think we kind of caught Arkansas nap a little bit, so they better have their but yeah. secondary baby ready this week because we know he's going to throw it 70 times. Mm-hmm. My lips going to have his little piece of paper out there, and he's going he's gonna to do what he does. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think I think it's a little bit closer this week. I think if they can get pressure on him, because um, last week, you know, uh, LSU was just only rushing three. Yeah, they never you know, adjusted. Up front now, no, and up front now, you know, with Barry Odom as the DC over there at Arkansas, they they've done a great job. They look light years better than they did last year. Um, so I think with poor hitting, I think they hit him early, hit him off, and he'll make a mistake. And like you said, I think it's going to be a fourteen point game if if secondary can hold up and make some plays for him, get an interception here or there, a turnover. I think it's going to be a lot closer. Like you said, I think it's going to be a 14-point game. But I also think that Mississippi State's defense, after what they showed against LSU last yeah. week, and yeah. if they watch film of what we did against Felipe Franks, um, it could get ugly as well, too. If, yeah, if it I mean, it is Arkansas direction. at the end of the day, but but I, I, I'm always wary after a team plays a, a great game offensively. 
especially the first game, typically that second week, it takes them a little bit to, to get over the hangover. So I'm wondering if it may be kind of like the Georgia game where it's closer early than people think and State ends up out-depthing and out-talenting Arkansas. Yeah, I think Arkansas is a year away from being yeah. really, really good. I, I love think they need, they need a quarterback, yeah. and I think Kendall Browse is doing doing really good. I think they're a quarterback away, and I, I think that, that that defense is going to be really good under Barry Odom. So they are so I think physical. They're, I think they're about a year out. They, they, they so did a good physical. job. I mean, they were physical with us. They did. You know, and it took, we got hit in the mouth a couple of times. We yeah. didn't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. And if they you can, know, if they can like, constantly ratchet up pressure on, or ratchet up the tempo on, on teams, they can score some points. And then their defense is going to be good enough to be able to stop some people. So they're going to give some people some fits. But Israel, here's some good news. Uh, since you're out this week, I, I, I stole Mike Leach's play sheet from the LSU game. You want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fast food napkin. Um, yeah. I'm telling you, I, I look at mine and I'm like, Okay, I don't have a lot on mine, but he's got a whole sheet of paper out there. Him yeah. and him and Lincoln Raleigh just. That's what I'm saying. As a, it's like an index card. It's not even as a, a sheet defensive of paper. guy. As a defensive guy, nothing worries me more than looking on that other sideline and the OC has a little index card. I'd rather see the huge piece of paper with 35 that's you know laminated that's got 350 plays on it. And then I look at Lincoln Riley, and he's – I always say it's like one of those coronavirus press conferences, man. Yeah. Like, they got the sign language person right next to him. That's what Lincoln Riley looks like on the sign. They're speaking a totally different language. It may be Sumerian. Exactly. I don't know. I have two guys that signal my play, my formation and my play in, and I look out there, and Lincoln Riley, like, wipes his face, and they already know what to do. I'm like, yeah, I'm like how, this how, is how do you do that? Yeah. What do y'all do in y'all's free time? That's what I want to know. They install the radios in the helmet. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's got to be something like that. But it, it's it's unreal how Mike Leach hasn't changed since yeah. Valdosta State days. Exactly. Like, That's what I was about to say. He hasn't changed since he's been down ever. here at Valdosta State. He hasn't changed. You know what I've, yeah, you know what I've always wondered, stop though? Him. Yeah, it, you know what I've always wondered, though? And y'all may think I'm crazy, but You're crazy. I've always thought it would be such a great idea if you had a class for all the incoming freshmen. Like, they had to take Spanish. Like, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to learn Spanish because we're only going to communicate in the game on the field in Spanish. Because y'all know as well as I do, during the second half, you know what wizard means. You know what Mm -hmm. the checks are. But if you're out there speaking in Spanish, they're not going to have a clue what you're saying. You know, so I I just feel like even if it's just simple words, I don't know, maybe I'm nuts, but I feel like that's kind of what Lincoln – it's like their own language they've made up because that would give you a massive advantage from a communication That would be be incredible. A massive advantage. But it'd be hard to do. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm I ahead think of they the have like a. I think they have a set of series of plays that they do. So one's like blue, one's like yellow, yep. one's like dog crying or something. And they just he's a dog dog crying series, and they just go out there and run the plays because he it's just looks just at unbelievable. Him. He's like it's, he like wipes his face, and they already know what it is. I'm like, how does that happen with that little yeah, bitty sheet of paper? And nobody's nobody's signaling. Like nobody's doing anything. Then again, they Kansas State exactly figured it out. Well, they, it's like, it, well, they it's, didn't figure it out till later on, and yeah, well, they figured it out eventually. They won. <laughs> Look, somebody, somebody's got pictures of somebody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I watched that. You know, somebody's got pictures of somebody doing something. I don't want to speculate, but I watched Kansas State look like a bunch of little kids playing against Arkansas State, and then for the second year in a row, they beat Oklahoma. Like, I just and come from behind got, to beat them too twice. Yeah, I mean, somebody either that, either that. Are there some – there's something. I don't know. It's just the weirdest thing, I think, in college football, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, um, after all of that, I'm taking, I'm taking the Bulldogs. 
Uh, I'm thinking Mississippi State to cover. I think they outdepth them, but Arkansas is a very scary team. I'm very scared to make this pick, but I, I'm picking Mississippi State. Final game, LSU at Vandy. LSU, the point spread actually just bumped up to 21. It was 20 and a half uh, when I looked at it last night. Um, I'm not buying that spread whatsoever. Um, not at all. I think not Vandy is very, very tough. I'll, I'll go ahead and make my pick, and then I'll get out of the way for you guys. The over-under is 51. I might even be inclined to take the under on this. I'm, I'm not a believer in Miles Brennan. Um, I think Terrace Marshall is a perfect number three receiver. I'm not yet convinced that he can carry as a number one. And so I'm taking I'm taking the doors until I can't take the doors. I'm taking the cover. Yeah. I don't think they're going to win necessarily because I don't think they know how to win just yet. Uh, but I do think they cover, and I do think they make this interesting. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think so as well. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Israel. Oh, well, I think so. Just watching that freshman against Texas A&M and his face, his demeanor never changed at all during the whole time of that game. He's out there getting his line right. He's on the sidelines. He's communicating. I'm like, he chewed a this guy looks out. like a total. I'm looking at this is a total different Vandy team. And like I said last week, that spread was too big last week, and I think this was way too big. I think after watching what LSU did last week, they're going to get their scores, and I think Vandy, Vandy's going to figure them out, and I think it's going to be close. I think it's a – I think it's a ten point game at most, um, with with the spread. So I'm 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 gonna take I'm gonna take I'm I'm gonna take Vandy in this one. Yeah, I uh I like Vandy plus twenty one. I think getting Stingley back for LSU makes me want to take the under. I think it's gonna take one side of the field away uh, from Vanderbilt, and LSU is gonna be able to to kind of overload the side opposite of him. I thought you may bring up a great point, Israel about what Ken Seals did last week, the quarterback for Vanderbilt. But I want to give some credit to Todd Fitch, too, the offensive coordinator. I thought he did a really good job of protecting Ken, uh, not putting him in, in tough situations. They held the ball. They gave themselves a chance. I'm wondering if he may open it up a little bit this week. But I think getting Stingley back for LSU, because Mississippi State, losing Stingley opens up the whole field for Mike Leach. That opened up the whole field. They were going and playing three quarters of the field. Don't throw it against Derek. Derek's out. Well, now we can run any concept we want to the field or the boundary. There's matchups that we like, and I think Osiris Mitchell really took advantage of that. But I do – I'm interested to see because I think if LSU starts fast, I think they have a chance to cover. But I'm with you guys, you know, and and LSU fans. It's the same thing that happened to Auburn fans in 2011. You got spoiled by Cam Newton and Joe Burrow, and you think the next guy's got to come in there and be Cam Newton or Joe Burrow. And when they're not, they look even worse than what they did. I think – Miles Brennan is a good quarterback. I don't think he's elite. I didn't think his arm strength was very good last week. All I heard was about how how much of a better arm he had than Joe Burrow. Well, I didn't see that on the field because half the balls were <laughs> underthrown. So, you know, at the end of the day, you got to do it on the field. I think LSU will figure some things out this week. I think they win, but I think they win by 17. Very good. So there's your picks. We're going to revisit these uh, next week, and uh, we're going to see how we did. Again, I'm I'm running away from a lot of these spreads. I'm not yeah. very brave yeah. when it comes to betting. Um, yeah. I, I can't speak for for the two of you, but well, that I'm means not, you're smart. That means <laughs> yeah. I guess I am smart. I, I I'm, got, a, I'm more of a, I'm more of an outright kind of guy. Like I don't want to do spreads over it. I want to do the outright winner. Like who's yeah. going to win? Yeah. Who's going to yeah. lose? Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Um, safety first, baby. Safety first. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm making that really, really uh, hefty teacher salary here in uh, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 sitting on my millions. Uh, I mean, um, I'm sitting on my hundreds of dollars. So, um, 
teacher life, baby. Teacher, teacher life. life. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm a few dollars short of that Nick Saban contract here at uh, Hillwood High there. School. You'll get there. You'll get there. I'll get there. Um, y'all just gotta win. Y'all gotta win the spelling bee this year. You'll get there. Absolutely. Uh, if we win the spelling bee and graduate eighty five percent, I might get a two percent raise. So there it is. That, there hey, you go. One, hey, one step at a time, baby. One step yep. at one a time. Yep. Step at a time. Hey, one. I, I can't. I can't go two and zero until I go one and zero. So there you go. Uh, exactly Glenn Cliff right. tonight. Hey, there you go. Uh, Coach Burton, interim head coach Jake. Man, it was a pleasure to have you. Man, this was a lot of fun. Um, we didn't have you back. Way more definitely, often. dude. I- yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys letting me come on, man. It's great talk, especially with guys that know what they're talking about, man. I uh, I really appreciate y'all letting me come on, and, and we definitely got to do it again, and, and I'll have y'all on the J-Boy show, man. Absolutely. This has been uh, this has been a coach's roundtable, actually. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're getting enlightened by two offensive guys. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, le- yeah, it's it's great. I'm loving it. So uh, we, we just ran power, uh, power read on it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We ran yeah. counter back to the backside, into the boundary. Didn't see it coming. Didn't see Engage it coming. Eight. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Jake, uh, before we let you go, I've got to let you know, um, I've got to direct you to the 2009 Auburn, Georgia highlights. Uh, this guy you see sitting right here with me, um, he wore number 28. He caught a yeah. 50-yard bomb that sparked – uh, a victory for uh, for the dogs. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Israel, I'm, I'm gonna check you out, man. I, I you know I I remember you when when you played, man. I didn't. I, I know you did some things, especially against Auburn. Yeah, man. It was it was it was a good it was a good year that year. Good game that game because we were we were expecting to get our eyes, but we were twenty one point underdogs that yeah, game. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. And it was fourteen to nothing, like it was like that. So I mean, yeah. it was it was a good game. And then you know I score, and then all of a sudden it's like. Here we go. We, we get the ball yep. rolling. So it, it was a good game. And and like I said, playing in Athens against Auburn is, is different. You know, it's, it's yeah. different for you guys when we go over there. Yeah. You know, so I think, like I said, like I said earlier, I think who can handle the like show at the beginning <laughs> and, and when we score is going to win the football game. Who can yeah. handle the like show? <laughs> That's so funny. Dude. It, that's hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, I've always maintained that Auburn has been my favorite road game to go to. Uh, mm. There's – I. I Outside of LSU, I don't think there's a stadium in the SEC or maybe even in the country that does it as well as Jordan. There, I mean, it's just yeah, it's nuts, it's, it's, crazy. it's nuts, man. It's a it's a great atmosphere, and it's such a the Auburn Georgia rivalry is such a great rivalry because you know one thing I, I think you see in that game, and it got chippy obviously with Aaron Murray and Nick Fairley and all that stuff, but you see a lot of respect between mm-hmm. the guys because most of them played against each other in high school. They know each other. You don't see fights during the game. You don't yes. see a ton of cheap shots. You don't see you know, people punching each other in the face after a play. It's almost, you know, Auburn-Alabama is always going to be the number one rivalry. But Auburn and yeah. Georgia have been playing a whole hell of a lot longer than Auburn-Alabama has. And there's, a, there's a, rivalry. Yeah, there's a mutual respect, I think, between Auburn and Georgia. Because, obviously, Auburn's pretty close to Georgia. It's not, it's yeah. not far away. So, you know, uh, it's something where it's always been a great game. It's a great part of the SEC uh, schedule. I love that Georgia's in the East and Auburn's in the West. I think that makes it really fun, and, and I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to a nice, physical, hopefully clean football game Saturday. And I'm telling you, every year, right this time, well, normally it's in November, but every year yeah. it's the game that separates the two. Yep. Whoever wins that game represents their side and their particular conference. So, yep. I mean, it, it always makes it for a great time, which brings up my next point. I'm kind of disappointed we're playing also early. Yeah. yeah, well, really you know, I, I think that. that's it's, you know, it's gonna well, be really it's funny. Weird. It's funny. It's funny because you know Auburn always complained. You keep giving us Georgia and Bama back to back. You know, and they said, okay, oh. all right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna move Georgia to the front, and we're gonna put LSU there. 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, thanks. Well, thanks. It's like, it's like, just, it's like yeah. for lack of a better deal, it's like the SEC walked up to, to Gus Malzahn's door, knocked on it. He opened the door. They just gave him a swift kick in the lower region and ran away. That's what it's like yes. to me. <laughs> in the lower region. <laughs> yeah, lower I don't know region. what I can get I away it. with on here, so I'm going to keep it, uh, keep it, keep it I think G. You, I think you could say nuts. Yeah, I was going to say just a swift kick in the nuts and run away. You know, that's yeah. kind of how it is. But I think it, it's crazy because it's just weird, Israel. It's weird that we're, yeah. it's week two. It's just, I shouldn't be hyped up for this game. Like for week yeah, two, you know what I'm saying? This should we, be like we should be looking at two undefeated teams playing that day, and yeah. who, whoever wins that game is going to go and represent their conference. You know but that side. It, of the it's it's so. crazy. a cold, blustery day in, in November. Yeah, man, I know. It's so, just weird. So it's I, weird. It is very weird. So, um, but that being said, um, we're going to wrap. And uh, Jake, I, I again, I really appreciate you coming on, man. You 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 brought you brought the. Uh, you brought the fire, man, and it's, it's been <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. And uh, you know, Israel, I'm glad you're again. I'm glad you're uh, joining me as my co-host now, um, Jake. If you didn't know, this is a this is a new thing. So um, I'm yeah, all, no, it seems like y'all been doing it forever, man. Yeah, y'all and, y'all like yeah, Alabama's offense. It. Yeah, and and I really only uh, this is when I introduced him officially as my co-host. That was the first time I I had. So um, he had been oh, a man. recurring guest up until now. So. I'm looking forward to having Israel on the show um, and, and what he brings to the table as a coach and as a former player. And then Jake, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to our relationship as well. Um, I'm hoping I can contribute to your site. Uh, with Yeah, the, with the dude, yeah uh, I would love it to, would love to have that Georgia perspective, man. And, and like I said, I, I had a great time always down to talk ball and, and uh, I'll always try and bring the heat for you guys like you brought it. So uh, I just, I really appreciate that. And we'll talk again. Absolutely. We'll check him out. The J boy show, Jake crane, um, for Jake, for Israel, I'm Corey Burton. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I want to thank our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. And as always, go dogs. Believe it, go dogs. Hey, it just means more SEC, baby. <laughs> nice. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Save big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Save big.